is Teresa Clark at the World Economic Forum in Davos, January 2020. We're very fortunate today to have an opportunity to sit down with Sim Shabalala, the Chief Executive of Standard Bank Group. Thank you, Teresa. No, thank you for taking time away from all of these busy meetings to um, spend some time with us and our listeners. What is it about the World Economic Forum that brings you and global business and political leaders from around the world to Davos every year? Teresa, since the 1970s, um, Professor Schwab has demonstrated the ability to convene uh, civil society, business and government to come together to deal with the major issues confronting the world. Uh, from a Standard Bank perspective, as Africa's largest financial institution, we believe that it is important for Africa to be plugged into those dialogues. Uh, therefore, the different streams that happen here would be uh, conversations that happen in this center where discussions are being held on the major topics and we'll come back to the theme for this year and the sub-themes. Um, you can also then participate in panels uh, on the sidelines of the event, um, which again deal with the major issues of the day. And then importantly for me, uh, you get an opportunity to interface with uh, your suppliers and your clients. So just this morning I met with the CEO of Allianz. Uh, I'll be meeting uh, with the CEO of Visa um, interspersed with these broad uh, uh, strategic discussions. And then importantly, there's a big session that happens. Uh, it's called the governor session um, where we focus on the industry, uh, the, go the governors of that particular industry. And that will be happening this afternoon. And so, as I say, then it's an opportunity to plug into what is happening globally and then to meet with clients and then an opportunity also to reflect. That seems like a very important agenda for a Standard Bank Group, so I can see why you would be here. Yeah. So this year's theme for WEF is around um, stakeholders for sustainable development. What does that mean to the Standard Bank Group? Teresa, again, uh, Standard Bank Group being an African-based financial institution whose purpose is Africa is our home, we drive a growth. And growth for us has got both an economic dimension, which is GDP, and also a social dimension, which is trying to contribute to the human development, and then importantly, also then contributes to economic, uh, sorry, to environmental um, sustainability. So when you take those values and those principles, they coincide with the major debates that are happening in the world and are happening here, which is the uh, on the one side, uh, shareholder capitalism, so the duty of management is to generate profits, to maximize profits for the benefit of shareholders, and in fact, the legal regime in many parts of the world uh, compels management and business to conduct themselves as such. And, and haven't the, the business roundtable uh, group of leaders of business around the world They've been putting some new thoughts against that topic, and they've been really asking the question, um, is the only responsibility that business has to shareholders? Don't you have responsibilities to your employees, to society at large as well? You have taken the words out of my mouth, because that's the second part of the contradiction, which is 
stakeholder management, a, stake a stakeholder view of uh, capitalism, okay. which is that uh, as an entity, you're an organ of society and you have a duty to all your stakeholders, including the environment. And your shareholders are just one of your stakeholders. So you've got duties to your staff, to your customers, to society. You need to pay your taxes. You need to contribute as an organ of society. And then importantly, you need to contribute to reversing environmental degradation. Now we're talking at the 40,000 foot level about some yeah. very big concepts. Um, can you translate that for our audience into you know, what does Standard Bank do in these areas that we're talking about specifically? What are some actions that you've taken around sustainability or towards your stake, your employee stakeholders, for example? Um, so we are committed to environmental <clears throat> and social and governance global standards. Um, and those are integrated into one of our five strategic value drivers in our group. And let me just mention those five because environmental and social and governance imperatives reflect in what I'm going to describe. So first of all, um, we see an important value driver being our customers. In fact, it's the most important one. We exist to meet the needs of our customers and we measure that through uh, net promoter scores. Secondly, is our staff. How engaged are our staff? How committed are they to our values and our principles? And how committed are they to meeting the needs and demands of our customers and of society? Thirdly, it is uh, risk and conduct. Uh, what sort of risks do we take with the capital that shareholders have given us and depositors have given us? Um, and how do we conduct ourselves? Are we treating customers fairly? Uh, which links back to the first value driver of being focused on customers. Next is financial outcomes. Uh, we're a business after all, so you have to measure the, the, the finances. And last but not least, social, economic, and environmental commitments. So we are a, uh, committed to human rights, for example. So that's the social dimension. Environmental, we have got policies uh, that we have issued that deal with our commitment to, for example, uh, how we're going to deal with the coal industry and the mining sector. Um, we have signed the, you know, uh, the United Nations principles on responsible... Uh, uh, Good, I'm going to come back and ask you some more about that in sure. a moment, but keep going now. Yeah, um, and if you get a sense that we have an integrated view of our commitments, and we also have a commitment to transparency, your conclusion would be correct. Very interesting. Now, let me ask you this: being a um, you know, being a bank with retail presence in South Africa and across the continent, you're operating in how many twenty countries? Twenty countries. Twenty countries. Um, you know, in some of those markets, particularly South Africa, I know you're being challenged by some new newer banks that have less legacy infrastructure. They use fewer people, they take advantage of technology, they leverage technology in order to deliver to the retail banking customer. How does Standard Bank compete in, in that context? And there again, you're asking an existential question because that goes to the heart of sustainability. So Standard Bank is an old world bank. It's got bricks and mortar, it employs thousands of very committed people and it provides intermediation services, risk management, uh, it's got insurance, it's got asset management in it. 
However, its customers are used to being serviced by new age organizations, Google, WeChat, uh, PayPal, and so forth. And they demand an experience as good as Uber, WeChat, uh, and so forth. The new entrants are replicating those kinds of experiences. To survive, Standard Bank either accepts that it will just do the back end of those activities and let other people do the customer interface because they are good at it, or Standard Bank can, as it has decided to do, this focus on improving customer experience at the same time as improving its own operations. And we have to be ambidextrous in that process. And so we have to introduce apps, and we've done so. We have to make sure that the customer experience is as good as that of Google, and at the same time do it at a cost uh, and uh, create as much value as the customer has come to expect from uh, the big techs. Uh, we have spent a huge amount of money on our core banking system, which is the back end, so that we can reduce the cost of product and service delivery. And we are investing a huge amount of money and are partnering other people in order that we too may conduct ourselves as an ecosystem orchestrator, just like the big techs do. Um, we think, if you were to ask me, that in the next five to ten years, we will not be perceived as a bank will be a digital organization that provides the humane experiences for its stakeholders. Um, we will be using the assets that we have, which are banking, insurance, asset management, but we will be allowing Teresa Clark to have a fantastic experience when she provides shelter for her family in a secure and uh, sustainable way. We will help her with the removals people, with the lawyers, and so forth. And so you can replicate that experience. Mm -hmm. We will be improving customer journeys uh, in that sense. I have to complete that point by saying we are very, very mindful of what fintechs do. They eat at slivers of the payment system or even on both the assets and liability side of the business. We're also mindful of what the big tax can do. And so, for example, we've been watching very closely what has been happening uh, at Facebook and at Libra. Uh, but we believe that the incumbents, if they become truly digitized and truly human, will be more formidable than uh, the new entrants for the simple reason that they have the customer base, they are operating in a heavily regulated industry, and they know how to manage risk in addition to having the data and the, the information. So Standard Bank will survive. Uh, and I think we will, will have succeeded maybe when people don't use the word bank when they describe us. Mm, standard. Yeah. <laughs> Just standard. You're the standard. That's a good name, the, yeah, the standard. The standard. Yeah. Globally, it seems as if large incumbent banks like yourself um, have challenges in figuring out how to be nimble against the fintechs and you've given a very good argument as to why you think that ultimately you will prevail because you operate in a heavily regulated industry because you have the customer base um, but do you think that in building these customer journeys is it something that you think that you will build or will you buy will you acquire others who have this um, expertise 
So we have crossed the Rubicon, if I could use that expression. We believe that in the modern world, um, in order for you to be able to survive and then compete successfully in meeting customer needs, you have to accept that you're going to work in partnership with others. And that will range, therefore, from uh, transactional type partnerships, which are short term, to medium to long term, where you buy uh, minority shares in either fintechs or new startups, or you buy them completely, or you partner on an arm's length basis with other people. Uh, in our case, we are quite open to partnering, including partnering with competitors. And my favorite example when I explain this to my colleagues is. Let's use the example of Mercedes. Mercedes partnered with BMW for ride hailing in their mobility business. Oh. Um, so there you have the quintessential engineering company, which is positioning itself as a mobility business. It's in partnership with its competitor oh. in a very, very interesting and new part terrific. of its business. And that analogy applies equally in banking. We've got to be open to not doing everything ourselves, partnering with others and indeed to partnering with our competitors because it's about meeting customer needs. Very interesting. And um, the point really is uh, when you develop value propositions for your client uh, and when you enter new territories, do you have to present yourself as a monolithic financial institution? Yeah. No, you can partner with others, you can buy into new new businesses. And that's an interesting, you know, your, your, one of your themes is, you know, we, what is it, we call Africa home or something like that? We, Africa is our home, we drive our growth. Okay. And so how, what it, how have you experienced being a South African institution moving into the rest of Africa? Um, some people have criticized African, uh, South African companies as um, just a new form of colonization moving across the continent. How do you... Because um, I, I know the values of the firm, I know your values, and I know that you have, you know, an objective of being you know, true, true partners in these African countries. But how, how do you, how does that really work? And and do you think it's working? Do they see you as local players, or do they see you as a South African, you know, huge entity that's just bringing South African um, capital to make money in other parts of the continent? I would submit that we will survive and thrive because we are an African institution that just so happens to have its headquarters in Johannesburg and that depending on capital, both human and financial, laws, regulations, support networks and infrastructure, um, we are currently in Johannesburg for that reason, but we could as easily be in Nairobi, in Lagos, or indeed in Maputo, because we are not a South African institution, but an African institution. When you say we're an African institution, how do you define African institution? An institution that operates throughout the continent and is not defined by where its headquarters is. Mm -hmm. So that is what we're building and what we're aspiring to. When people look at our entity in Uganda, Standik Uganda, it is inextricably intertwined with the society that uh, it operates in. It is listed there. It participates in the capital markets. It is run and managed by Ugandans. The board is governed and managed by Ugandans. We're a shareholder 
and we conduct ourselves with the utmost respect for the laws, regulations and norms of Uganda. The same applies in, um, in, in Nigeria. Standard IBTC is the quintessential Nigerian bank. Um, it is perceived as such, it, re it relates to society in Nigeria as such, and we conduct ourselves as the majority shareholder accordingly. There are benefits to being an international player, and that is why society tolerates us. We conduct ourselves as local, which is another reason why we, uh, we are tolerated. Um, there have been interesting events that have tested that. So you can say all of these things in theory until you've got xenophobia in South Africa and people ask, well, are you South African or are you African? Um, is it appropriate that South Africans have conducted themselves as such? And I would offer to you that though that episode was extremely difficult, we proved the credentials of our institution, that we were ashamed of the fact that South Africans had conducted themselves in the way that they did, but those South Africans do not represent uh, the 52 million South Africans was an important point to make, but we had to have reverence for the laws the, and the emotions of people in Nigeria and various other countries whose nationals, whilst where they were in South Africa, had been treated uh, with, uh, with, with such disrespect. And we came through that process, I think, very, very well, uh, because we demonstrated the fact that we're African and not just South African. And how did you demonstrate that? by um, firstly speaking out publicly um, against the, the, the events um, and by engaging with uh, the local uh, uh, leadership in each instance. And that was led by our local leaders in each instance, um, doing, doing it respectfully, authentically, apologizing when necessary, um, and reflecting our, our credentials as an African institution. And I think if it happens again, we'll do the same. Well, well, you, you mentioned a word in there that makes a great segue for the next question, which is around leadership, mm -hmm. um, responsible leadership. Um, we've heard this phrase tossed around. Um, both Standard Bank as a as an inst provides institutional leadership, and you personally, as the head, uh, providing tremendous leadership within the organization and to. Um, society more broadly. Can you talk a little bit about what you think your definition, your brand, um, we will start with you and then we'll talk about the institution, but talk to us a little bit about how you think about leadership. Um, so for my sins and like you, I'm a lawyer, so I try, I use categories when <laughs> I start with definition. So for me, a leader is somebody who provides direction, uh, and importantly provides people with faith and hope. And faith and hope are very important in my own uh, makeup and in how I conduct myself and therefore in uh, in the types of places I'm wanting to work and uh, how I then work in those types of environments. And here's why this is relevant. Um, in the modern world and in a place like Davos, we were debating a stakeholder uh, capitalism. An important element of stakeholder capitalism is um, how you lead uh, authentically in an environment where there are so many conflicts and how you resolve those conflicts. And I believe that uh, you then start with 
values and purpose and standard bank has got a set of values and it also has a purpose which i spoke to you about and you then have to measure all your activities against that purpose and those uh, those values and it just so happens that standard bank's purpose and its values mirror mine um, the things i believe in um, i believe that ethics and faith and hope are all interrelated and so therefore when we talk about technology and you ask me well uh, are there ethics in technology i'll say two years from time immemorial um, people have grappled with you know a spear is technology so how, when is it appropriate to use the spear during a war etc um, during the first second and third industrial revolution those issues arose and those issues are arising today how do you use ai uh, artificial intelligence um, how do you make sure that your models are not biased um, because mathematics as you and i know and algorithms are all about assumptions so how do you make sure that the biases um, whether they're racial gender religious don't uh, play themselves out in uh, in in those algorithms so to go back to the point i believe then that values and principles matter they've always mattered because one i certainly take a philosophical view of business as much as i do of other professions and as much as i do of uh, all other activities um, i therefore as a leader bring all of that to the table in how i run the organization uh, and in the objectives that we set for for the organization standard bank has been in existence since 1862 um, it's always played an important role in society and the notion of stakeholder management even although people did not use that notion has always been there how so from day one standard bank provided financial services to the uh, wool industry uh, it was inextricably intertwined with the society in the eastern cape uh, you accelerate to 2019 standard, uh, 2020 standard bank is committed to making sure that the African continent plays its rightful role um, uh, in the world. And to do that, it has to grow. And to do that, it has to provide the soft and hard infrastructure to allow people to, to, to participate as economic agents. Um, and so I, you know, like you, I believe that this is the African century. We need to take the opportunity as Africans to uh, contribute to the development of the continent, drive economic growth and drive human development and contribute to uh, a sustainable environment. All the issues being addressed at uh, Davos uh, this week. At Davos this week, as well as um, the role that you play in many international bodies as leaders from a banking perspective. And we, um, we reported last September on yeah. the Standard Bank from United Nations because you were playing a leadership role in signing the principles for responsible banking, yes. leading over 100 banks around the world to adopt a set of principles. Can you talk a little bit about that today? Yes, uh, and I would prefer actually to make the point slightly differently, in fact, um, uh, and say to you, in addition to all of that, we also are participants in the International Institute of Finance. Um, we participate in a whole slew of other institutions where we're contributing to uh, 
making sure that the finance industry and banking in particular makes the appropriate contribution to the environment, to social issues and to, and to governance. And the argument we've made to all of these places is that it is actually quite important for the world to agree a common set of standards in dealing with the environment, in dealing with social commitments and in dealing with governance. Um, and that uh, all of these instruments we are signing and committing to are important, but they are potentially creating noise because there are so many different standards and commitments that you're making. And so, yeah, you are correct. Uh, we are signatories, um, but I keep taking people back just to the fundamentals. What is this about? It's about firstly making sure that you're acting as an organ of society. Secondly, that you are contributing to all the stakeholder demands, that those demands are often in conflict. So, for example, and I love this example, you and I flew to Davos, and that deals with the environmental issues. Uh, the carbon footprint to fly to, in fact, to Zurich and then to drive to Davos is enormous. So when deciding to come, how do you strike the balance between the environment, the carbon footprint, and the social issues? Because it is important for social dialogue to happen. How do people get there? Well, flying is the most appropriate way to, to do so, and driving is the best way to do so. But how do you and I, as responsible executives, contribute to that balance between <laughs> the carbon footprint, lowering the carbon footprint, but also the social aspects of job creation and so forth. And my favorite other example is that uh, you are taping this conversation um, and the instrument you're using uses power and electricity. And so how big is that footprint relative to the importance for you to communicate? Um, so my point is that uh, Standard Bank is participating in these discussions because it believes uh, it is an organ of society and that Africa, as I said at the beginning, has to be a participant in those discussions, which is why we come to these types of uh, events, why we participate uh, at the IMF, why we participate at the IIF, why we participate at the United Nations. Wow. Well, thank you very, very, very much for taking time away from the important deals that we know you're working on, furthering shareholder goals, as well as all the stakeholders for the Standard Bank. Absolutely. You are a business after all. Yes, you are, and you're doing it well. This is Teresa Clark with Africa.com, uh, finishing our conversation here today with Sim Shabalala, the Chief Executive of the Standard Bank Group here in Davos, Switzerland at the World Economic Forum. Thank you so much, Sim. Thank you, Teresa.